The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. I started to question myself if I was watching Lucha Underground and I had accidentally flipped over to Cinemax. Not a whole lot of faces shown as far when it comes to Brenda, so. <laughs> yeah. You're you're spot on there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the house that AJ Styles built. Uh, you know, like Nakamura, he's just such a great star. It doesn't matter what you do with him. People are going to cheer for him. Did you feel the gloriousness? Did you feel it? Bobby Roode did his job this is insane how great they are well i think the authors of pain are young prodigies that's how good we are representing bullet club this is what we do but you know who doesn't need luck me right yeah oscar needs to realize that this isn't NXT, this is WWE. And I've seen what all the fans are writing all over Twitter, that nobody's ready for Asuka. Well, guess what? At TLC on Sunday, I'm about to cause what everybody will call the upset of a century. Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling to the back. And your hosts, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Leeser. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling to the Max, episode 269, part 2. And that's right, we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. Make sure you go hit that subscribe button over at Wrestling to the Max, and also don't forget to go ahead and rate and review if you haven't done that already. Appreciate all those that have already done that. Major props over there to 411mania.com and last word on ProWrestling.com. We appreciate all their support. Want to give some big love to them. And of course, don't forget get the w2m network that we're also a part of as well because that's going to get you everything over there at the w2mnet.com family all the other wrestling podcasts plus sports entertainment everything under the sun that you're going to want to listen to so trust me go do that now and that's also just another way to get us and a lot more content that you're probably waiting for at your beck and call and you know also Maybe you want to go find us on YouTube. Maybe you go find us on Apple Podcasts. But we are announcing, and we've already kind of done this earlier in the week, but we are also available. They're using your Amazon Alexa. That's right. So you just say, hey, Alexa, Spreaker, and search Wrestling to the Max. And then guess what? You will get us right there. You don't have to touch anything. You just say it, and you can get our episodes. So it's going to be really awesome. Hey, maybe even try it Sunday night after the pay-per-view because we'll be doing a big TLC review show. So, hey, that's the first time you want to try it out. Do that, please. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm your host, Gary Vaughn, and along with me tonight is Mr. Sean Garmer. What's up, everybody? And Mr. Paul Leeser. hey yo. 
And, and guys, we have a great show ahead of everybody. Uh, we are going to do a TLC preview, and that's going to be a lot of fun. I know we're all looking forward to doing that. It's going to be kind of interesting how we're all going to kind of break down things and, and give our predictions. Uh, we're also going to be talking a little bit about some big news coming out of the world of wrestling and quick hits, so we'll get into that. Plus, we'll talk Ultima Lucha Tress. That's right, Lucha Underground's final show for season three be kind of a bittersweet thing hopefully not the bitter part later on and in the future uh and we'll also get into some impact wrestling so we've got a full basically full show ahead of us plus we're crowning a superstar of the week so i'm really really looking forward to the show before we get into all that though guys i, I do want to say this i know all three of us are a fan of this show and uh, you know we mentioned a few entertainment things at the beginning you guys have probably known this for weeks i just saw it on my email tonight uh for netflix that we are getting stranger things on october 27th i can't wait for the second season which one i'm sorry i was caught up in people bickering on the internet as you know the oh. internet's full of. sorry <laughs> well i wish they would just stop bickering and talk about this next season of stranger things i mean i just thought it was coming out like oh today. i they uh they did an announcement for it this year at the super bowl gary how'd you miss that I didn't see the date, and if I did, I probably cried that it was too far away. <laughs> I mean, see, I had to be reminded of these things. I can't just remember that in April or whenever the Super Bowl, February, whenever that was. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I, I, I gave up, you know, a long time ago on remember, remembering things, so. they uh, At the Super Bowl, I believe they announced it as Halloween, and then they got the specific date, I think, as the recent trailer came out a couple of months ago. But yeah, October 27th, I'm super excited. I loved the first season. Uh, and then not even two weeks later is when The Punisher's coming out on Netflix, which they released another trailer for today, which if you haven't yes. watched that, oh my god, go pause this show right now and watch that two minutes and then come right back here and listen to us gush. <laughs> yeah, god, I can't wait. I so love good. The Punisher. Oh my god. See, and, and the bad thing here, here's the negative thing, guys. I've gotten a little lax, and I have not watched, you know, the uh, Avengers thing. Uh, or not Avengers. Is that what they're called? Defenders. The, 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 the Defenders. Thank you. I haven't watched the Defenders yet. So it's going to be hard for me to watch the Punisher thing. Unless it doesn't count, I don't know if they're going to match up or not. Uh, if not, I'll probably watch Punisher first, to be honest with you. So They don't really make a lot of mention of the Punisher. He's not in the Defenders at all. Um I'm in a. I think I'm in the minority. I really enjoyed it. I know a lot of people weren't a huge fan of the Defenders, unfortunately, but I thought it was really good. Uh, but I mean, the Punisher just looks phenomenal. I, I can't wait. Yeah, I, I can't either. It's going to be too much fun. Yeah. I mean, Sean. I mean, do you have any say in this? Do you like any of this? I mean, I know you were at one time watching Stranger Things. Oh, I'm excited for Stranger Things. I can't wait for that to come back. So. Uh, sorry, I'm also having to deal with the people bickering and on the internet too. So, <laughs> see, that's uh, why I stay off it. You guys are so uh, you know into things. I just stay off it. I, I, if I got into it, it would be bad. So, <laughs> well, I mean, it's our own personal website chat that I have to deal with because then I have to deal with people messaging me later about somebody said this and that and wow. whatever. So, <laughs> you know it. What normally everybody you know acts accordingly in there. I don't know what's going on today. You know, you talk about Bullet Club and and uh, NXT, and apparently it becomes a uh, indie Same. versus NXT. Everybody goes off yeah, on each other. It's crazy. But uh, <laughs> anyway, you know, uh, 
Uh, I'm, I'm referring to the uh, NXT house show against the Bullet Club house show, or ROH house show that's happening, I think, the day before so NXT TakeOver or whatever. Yeah. It's the 17th so, down in San Antonio. Yeah, but, you know, anyway, it, it, all this stuff, is, uh, the Punisher, who knows when they're going to air that, because they rightly delayed the that coming out because of the shootings in Las Vegas, so I don't have a problem with that at all. The date mm-hmm. they gave uh, was November 14th. Yeah, you know, I'm still behind on all that. I'm like on Daredevil Season 2, and then I still got to watch the other two shows and Defenders before I get to that, I guess. So uh, yeah. I'll probably get to that at some point when I get there, but Stranger Things I loved, so I'm hoping, I'm, I'm excited for that to be back and everything. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. So I just had to throw that out there, guys. I, I, I was super excited when I was reminded, I guess, uh, through my email. So there you go, people. <laughs> and I, if for some reason you haven't been watching that American Horror Story, forget the little about the little bit of politics that's in there. It's really, really good. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Do you, do you like the, the fact they added the Zodiac stuff? Yes. Yeah. I like all the psychological stuff mm-hmm. in there. It's a really good season, and the clown stuff is not as bad as Paul. You're imagining it's not that bad. Trust me. So don't lie to me, Gary. <laughs> okay, yeah, there is a lot of clown stuff. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we'll stay away from that conversation. Uh, but yes, Sean is completely right. Go check out American Horror Story if you're not watching it. Uh, those actors and actresses involved in that show are dropped in amazing so uh let's go ahead and move on though we got wrestling to talk about we did our entertainment section for the night so we are going to talk some tlc right after this take it away gary all right. Well, we have a full card ahead of us, and you know, depending on your view of this card, you may be excited, you may be a little underwhelmed. I don't know, but we're going to get through it and hopefully get you ready for the show. Uh, we'll start off really quickly here with a kickoff match because it really doesn't matter. Uh, Sasha Banks versus Alicia Fuchs. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got here, Paul? Uh, uh that uh, I miss Snowmdar sometimes. Uh I mean, it's just. Excuse me, this is Sasha, right? Like, there's no, there's no way in hell that Alicia's winning this. It's just, it's the, uh, as we like to say on here every once in a while, it's busy work. Yeah, it is. What do you think, Sean? What are we supposed to say about Alicia Fox in a match? I mean, (laughs) I think think Gary said it all already. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's <laughs> Sasha Banks is winning. She actually has some kind of future, you know. I'm surprised Alicia Fox is not one of the people like deciding that she wants to go somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you, but maybe she's just looking at it as, hey, uh, I can sneak around, you know, kind of like JTG. If I hang on long enough, I can stay here, and, and no one even knows, and I can make a paycheck every day. <laughs> So, and not only that, she gets to do her best Stone Cold impression every once in a while. So, maybe that's it. But yeah, you guys are right. Sasha Banks is going to win this match. And if she doesn't, we may need to start thinking about uh, 
her and what's going to happen in her future. Just kind of like we do Bray Wyatt, right? And what his situation is. We're going to have Bray Wyatt and actually the uh, guile of being Sister Abigail, right? You know, and Finn Balor is going to be the demon. So really, it's not about their names. It's about the demon versus Sister Abigail. Sean, I mean, I I don't know if you're a little bit nervous about this. I'm nervous not because I'm scared, but because I'm terrified it's going to suck. Oh boy, who? I mean, I'm. I just hope to God that this is over after this. That's all I care about. It's just this has been going on way too long, and they have uh, completely just. It's been embarrassing, almost. Like it's just like, why are we doing this? Why? Mm-hmm. Like. Like you hive like Sister Abigail was like this cool mythical thing and then you just absolutely just this is this is uh on par with some of the most dumb things WWE has ever decided to do with trying to kill a character. And it's like how do you come back from this if you're Bray Wyatt? I mean, like he was already pretty much, you know, out there to where how much did he really have left? And now it's like, you know, are you trying to old yeller the guy or what? I mean, you know, I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with, with uh, doing the whole cross-dressing thing. I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But for this character, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. I mean, I think just to do it at this time, uh, after people already don't give a shit about the feud for you to go this far with it, it just it seems silly to to go out there and 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 do something like this. I, I'm fully expecting something that's going to be reminiscent of what we got at WrestleMania this year with Bray and Randy Orton, where they're going to attack on all these production bells and whistles during the match. That's <sighs> just going to be either no holograms, please. It's, it's please going to be no holograms <laughs> and pyro and just all sorts of weird stuff. And for maybe the five ten people out there who still who still care about this. Maybe that's great. Maybe that's what you want to see. I, I am so over this. I, I don't even care. There's no amount of over-the-topness I think they can do that's really going to make me go, man, this is really worth my time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, Finn wins uh, if we have to pick. Yeah. yeah. Who do you got, Sean? Uh, Finn, because he's won the other two. What's the point of having Bray win now? Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys, it makes some great points. I, I think, you know, it, it is going to be all those terrible things, all the holograms and all the stuff you're talking about. And I think they'll even throw in some other things we're not even considering. Heck, maybe even at the end of this match. I mean, in, instead of it, having a clear winner, uh, Sister Abigail finds the demon attractive and starts, you know, <laughs> trying to make a uh, little tag team here. Um, God. Make a sitcom so. and put that on the network. I would watch that in a heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the devil house I don't know about how Finn would feel about that the the demon family how about that right they could could do it for a Halloween special or something yeah (laughs) Uh I just imagine you know the demon coming in with a suit and tie I'm home honey sister Abigail good to see you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's weird very creepy that's terrible Uh, it's creepy that we're just talking about this (laughs) I know so I could go a lot further, uh, but I will, we'll stay. No, 
Well, uh, yeah, Sister Abigail for me. Uh, you guys picked the demon. I'm going Sister Abigail. Uh, why not? Why, why, what, what does it hurt? Let's be honest. What does it really hurt to have Sister Abigail win? That's that's my big. Uh, hurts Finn. Uh, they, they've already done that. I, I don't know if they can really hurt Finn any more than what they've already done. Like nobody cares about this guy anymore. Who's supposed to be a big deal, and uh-huh. they just nothing, just nothing. It's it's sad. Let's talk about the cruiserweights. Let's talk about the fact that we're going to have a match between D. Cedric uh, Brian, uh, D. Brian Kendrick, uh, D. Cedric Alexander, I guess you could say too. The uh, Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher will be facing Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan in a tag team match. This could be good. I, I don't know, Paul, but I mean, if you ask me, I, I'm going to go ahead and just throw out who I hope wins. I know it won't happen. I, I kind of want to see Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher win just because I want to see that thing further. I uh, I kind of want to see them win here, too. I like their pairing. I think they're really fun together. And, and same with the other way. And with seven matches announced on the card, I'm sure this is bound to get some time to, to really go places, too. Uh, and maybe this ends up being sort of a, a sneaky good match that kind of pulls you into the show some. Basically, I'm going to be taking bets to see how far Kendrick or Gallagher can get launched in the stratosphere after Alexander hits a, a lumbar check, because they have been essentially what I feel like trying to just compete to see who can jump as high in the air after he hits the move. So <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong on that. But I think, yeah, Kendrick and Gallagher, I think, get the win here. Yeah, uh, I could totally see that happening. Yeah, it's just um, yeah, you're you're trying to push Gallagher. Uh, you got Cedric Alexander and Swan doing their thing. I, I think uh, I don't know. I'm going to go the other way though. Alexander and and Swan winning. Yeah, and I think you might be right on cue. It, it, it's really one of those. It's a fifty-fifty. Uh, it could go either way, and I really don't think it hurts either team. Really, uh, they can continue doing what they're doing, but I, I just think it would mean a lot to see, in my point of view, Callaher and, and Kendrick win. But I think the fans would love Alexander and Swan. So uh, let's talk about a match that'll take us about point five seconds uh, to, to give our prediction: Oscar versus Emma, Sean. Uh, Oscar, 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 and more Oscar. <laughs> Simple enough, right there. Uh, I guess, Paul, I should have said, "How fast will Emma die?" <laughs> I, I think that's probably the best question to ask here. Does this go two minutes? Does this go five minutes? It needs to go thirty seconds. I, I don't even. I don't know if you go thirty seconds. I I, I like Emma. <laughs> don't murder her. Please, I like Emma Oscar. too, but hey, you know. <laughs> uh, I mean, once seven matches on here too, but you got to make Oscar look great here, and uh, I think you put Emma in here for a reason too. So this this probably goes pretty quick. I'm gonna say about three minutes. Oscar wins. No, fair enough. There you go. Uh, yeah, it's it's Oscar all the way around. Uh, we got the WWE Cruiserweight Championship match to talk about with Enzo Omori. And, you know, he'll be trying to take on Kalisto and get his championship back. Sean, I mean, is Enzo going to be the Cruiserweight title holder again tonight after this episode of TLC? Uh, I sure feel like it. I, I kind of feel like Enzo's just going to get it back. And he'll find some cheap way to win. And they'll continue this on, at least till the next Cruiserweight show. 
I think this is basically fodder to build up a cruiserweight Survivor Series match. So I'm expecting a lot of run-ins, I'm expecting a lot of distractions, and I think that's how Enzo walks away with the championship to kind of bring it up to uh, the Survivor Series match where Enzo starts running down the division and suddenly has to scramble to find a team while everybody wants to be on Kalisto's or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, he already said his team was money, you know, uh, the, the team that he assembled. <laughs> so I think he's going to need more dimes uh, probably to outdo the rest of that cruiserweight division, probably. Mm. To, to Shoot, if I'm Enzo, go try to find people that aren't cruiserweights to take yeah. down the cruiserweights just to be an ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Killian Danger just hanging I, out next day. You know, yeah, exactly. You can you can do exactly what Vince thinks about the division and just you know kill it right there. So, <laughs> oh man, yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, I, I got Enzo winning this. I, I think that you guys are okay. I, I think Kalisto had his day in the sun, and that's about it. So. Uh, let's talk about the WWE Raw Women's Title, and Alexa Bliss will be defending that against Mickey James. And this is an interesting one because you know, for the most people that do think Alexa Bliss will just go in there and win this, there's also those sex of people that really think that Mickey James deserves a chance to hold that title. And, and Paul, we talked a little bit about this when we did our Monday Night Raw review, mm-hmm. and you kind of had your opinion about this. Well, what do you think is going to actually transpire here? I mean, honestly, Alexa retains here for sure. I, I just I brought up the point that you know the way they've kind of booked this. If Mickey ends up walking away with the title, I don't think I would be all that upset about it. You know, I think, um, like you were saying, she does deserve another shot. I think she's proven that she could still hold her own as far as the microphone goes, and uh, certainly still has it in the ring as we've seen before too. I just it's hard to to take the belt off of Alexa, who is proven. Uh, in that division is a well-known commodity and it's just spectacular. I think all the way around it being the champion and what a great obstacle to have her run up against Oscar and see how all that plays out. I think it'd be really fun. Yeah, I, I think you could really go either way here. Cause Mickey James had that great match against Oscar when she first came back. Mm-hmm. So if you're here interested in making Oscar look good uh, on that tour, uh, you can have uh, Mickey James win, but you know, I, I honestly hope that they don't just have Oscar shoot right for the title, so that you could still have her go against Mickey James and have Alexa Bliss still be the champ. So I, I think Alexa Bliss winds up winning somehow, uh, keeps the title, and. Who knows? Maybe uh, I think they've been saying something about Oscar's going to have like a feud with Sasha even. So maybe they set up that Sasha kickoff match so she get to win, and you know her and Oscar confront each other on Raw or something. Yeah, I mean that could be a possibility for sure. And you know they have some options here, and I think they're for the most part really good. You know they can go different directions, and I think still have some quality matches quality feuds and that's good um but for me right now i think the way they will go is alexa bliss Uh, i don't think that they'll just give it to mickey james based on her merit and the things that she can do as much as i think it'd be great i don't get me wrong i think it'd be a wonderful thing for her i think that they have some other plans in place and i think alexa bliss being one of the better talents in the women's division overall in wwe i think that's probably going to be the way they lean on this one 
And you know, the one last thing we got to get into here is the actual TLC match itself. And that is going to be a five-on-three match. Uh, this match will be The Shield taking on The Miz, The Bar, Kane, and Braun Strowman all. Uh, this is going to be a, a wild, wild west match, if you ask me. Uh, I mean, Paul, looking at this thing, it, it looks like it could be pretty crazy. I, I mean, yeah, this is organized chaos at best and it's insanity at uh, at worst and honestly both of those options sound pretty damn appealing to me i mean the shield's gonna win here of course i think the whole reason kane gets added to the match is so he can take the fall uh and everything else can sort of keep on progressing and you have this nice little chaotic scene to sort of cap off the night but this is this is a, a one match card for sure and and the headliner here i'm sure will more than deliver what people are expecting Hey, what do you think, Sean? I mean, this is going to be a wild match. It's, it's going to definitely have plenty of those table ladders and chairs, I'm sure, involved all throughout it. It's, it's going to be fun. I mean, Kane being added, I think, will be kind of, you know, even if he does take the pin, it'll be a good thing to me. Uh, how do you feel it's going to fare? It's a good, uh, it's a, it's, well, it's nice to have, I mean, you know, you can make all the case about how they could have added a young guy in there or, or whatever, but uh, I think Kane is a nice like thought of nostalgia because of the whole when the Shield were going around, you had the Daniel Bryan and Kane and whoever else other guy involved. So, I, you know, with Braun in there throwing throwing guys around, I could see Braun just throwing somebody through a table, you know, and and like so this is going to be fun. This is going to probably last close to 45 minutes or something like that spend a lot of the time in the main event there and i'm sure the shield will win but yeah and kane and kane is there exactly to take the pin uh, you know and that's fine uh you know i, I think that that's definitely worth it uh, you keep the miss from being the one being pinned and, and of course that would also mean that you're in kind of title you know, would be at stake if you let him get pinned and, you know, you don't want the bar to the tag team title. So that is the right guy to go by. Um, but, you know, I think overall it's just going to be a, a lot of fun to watch. I think they're going to have lots of destruction. And it, it will be, you know, probably Roman Reigns making a lot of the headway. I think this is part of why they wanted the Shield back together to kind of really, you know, get people back and thinking, oh, no, you know what? Roman really was an awesome guy to watch. Let's let's get into him again. And so I, I foresee him being one of the biggest players in why the Shield win this. Um, so that's not hard to say. So I, I think, yeah. We all agree the shield will win. the The one thing I want to see though is if Kane does get pinned, I, I just hope that as you know TLC goes off the air, you see like in his hand a vote for Glenn Jacobs pin or something like that. <laughs> I, I think that would be perfect. You know, so anyway. Well, there you go, people. That is our TLC preview. And if you want to come check us out for the review, make sure you check us out. Sunday night will be when we'll be recording the show. Monday morning on your drop to work, or maybe you're just kind of hanging out. That's the time you can go find that podcast. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're just going to get into everything that transpires. So there you go. Uh, well, now we are going to move on, guys, and we are going to get into some quick hits. We'll do that now. It's time for wrestling news. Quick hits. Go for it, Gary. 
All right. Well, let's start out by talking about some big rumors like we have been lately. <laughs> and the rumors have been revolving around actually talent leaving WWE. Uh, last you know week, we had Neville and that whole situation rumored, and we're still trying to work our way through that. And now we're going to add another person to that list, and that is Nia Jax. That's right. You know, earlier in this week, there were rumors that she left WB. She was frustrated about the fact that she wasn't getting the things done that she wanted to get done for her character. One of the big things that has been said is that she wanted to be in that TLC match, uh, you know, against Asuka. And that was not the case. And so she figured maybe leaving was the best idea. Now, since then, we've heard a lot of chatter saying that, no, that's not the case. The WWE gave her a leave of absence to kind of refresh, reset, and get back to business. And, you know, it could be one or the other. Who knows? But the most interesting thing is the fact that this had to transpire in the first place. And, I mean, Sean, we kind of got into this on uh, part one. Of this week, and we kind of discussed this a little bit. Adding Nia Jax to this equation, it, it seems like this is a weird trend that is starting to take place. Uh, we talked about it, right? Like, just this may not be the first one, and Neville set that precedent, right? And then it doesn't help that Austin Aries goes and says he's made more in six weeks on on a you know Twitter post than he did for a long time in WWE so I'm sure that's going to rough a lot of people's feathers but you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if Nia also just took time off to you know deal with some nagging injuries or or whatnot as well uh you know we got to remember that this is not like Nia's lifelong job right I mean Nia was uh, a model turned wrestler and she might have just decided that, you know what, it's not like I've had a, she's has had, you know, time off, I think, in NXT or whatever. But, like, I'm not happy with what I'm doing. Let me just take this time to to get uh, get better and, and see if I can change things when I get back. or that, Or they have something for me to do mm-hmm. when, whenever I get back. Uh, and there, uh, Alexa Bliss did an interview, I think today or yesterday, where she basically confirmed that, yeah, she went away to, to heal and reset, basically, so, um, yeah, I would, I think I would lean towards trusting that information over everything else I've heard, too, but, I, I mean, you're right, we, we've talked about this somewhat on Monday as well, uh, just some other happenings here going on as well, but, I mean, Nia Jax is, is basically a WWE-built product, and it's interesting that it's not just... The independent names that we're hearing about, uh, and some of this too, it's in, like it's WWE built up people that are feeling this way too, which is uh, interesting to say the least. Um, because now, now you have to kind of think differently. Like maybe there's something more going on here that we're we don't know about, or or whatever that's you know just happening within the company that people aren't exactly thrilled with the whole way around. It's not just a mindset, you know. Yeah, and you know, you got to feel for some of these talents that have really worked hard to get to this point in WWE and really felt like that they've, you know, put a lot of effort into what they've done and earned some respect, earned some matches that, you know, are a little bit higher quality than the ones they're getting or some bigger feud storylines, things like that. Uh, but there's all really, let's be honest, like in a sport, the ball can only be spread around so much. 
and there can only be so many starters. There can only be so many people that can be actually in the game. Uh, you have to have those bench spots, right? And that's kind of what this is transpiring is a lot of these people that have done well, whether it be in NXT or on the independents, and they've jumped over to WWE really expecting really bright futures, and maybe they've had a championship run. Maybe they have gotten close, kind of like we're talking about with Nia Jax. She's been very close. She's had some championship matches, but yet never achieved the goal. Uh, and that's the thing, I think, that frustrates a lot of these talents, and they're finding that they have to weigh their options, and they've been convinced by some that have already done it that that's the best way and then there's others that kind of talk him into staying so that's the most interesting thing here i, I mean i, I do want to continue on this discussion but before we move on from naya i want to ask you guys really quickly if naya jacks walked out the door do you think that that's just going to be something that really honestly has not really g- let's be honest, not going to make a big mark because really she has not done a ton here on the main roster. And I don't know that that's going to change anything, at least on that front. I think Neville leaving is a bigger deal to me because I think so many people have kind of latched onto him and kind of followed him for a while. That sounds kind of mean maybe, but I don't know if people are going to miss Nia. I mean, Nia is still new to the scene. Uh, I, I think things within WWE would change a little bit as far as booking goes because it's really felt like the entire Raw division at times will completely move aside to, to fit Nia in somewhere to make sure she still looks dominant and everything like that. So the landscape would certainly change as far as on-screen product goes. But as far as I think like day-to-day happenings and whatnot, I, I doubt it would change all that much. As far as fans go, maybe not change that much either. And it's not like I think the wrestling scene as a whole would really change that much either because I would assume Nia would just go back to modeling or something like that and, and take whatever name value she's gotten from this somewhere else that's maybe not inside wrestling, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, could, that could be the case for sure. Uh, I, I mean, she... It, I think it would be... It would suck for her not to at least get the the championship before you leave, she leaves, right? Uh, just, but if that's not in the plans for her ever, then I guess, you know, get while the getting's good right now, you know, while you still have a, you know, you're not in a bad way with the company or whatever, but, uh, the way women's wrestling is going, you know, Nia Jax could decide to, yeah, I don't know about the indies, but, you know, you could go somewhere else and, and maybe work lesser dates and and still be involved in wrestling so you know there's always those options as well for her but like paul said it seems more like she she would probably just go back to doing other things or or whatnot but i I don't know i just think this is they had really built the division around her and she'd been a focus for a large part of it Uh, i don't know really what she wants out of it right. other than getting the championship right because she's been in every other part of of the division uh, so and i can understand her frustration with that too because she never got it in nxt and then for not to get it on the main roster either and you know i don't know if maybe she asked to switch brands or something and they said no to that too but yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot left for her, especially if, you know, she ever does make her way to SmackDown. She's got a whole host of new people she can wrestle over there. 
So I'd hate to see her go. Uh, I really do hope it's a leave of absence for her. But, you know, hey, again, can't blame anybody that kind of wants to take their business elsewhere at this point. Mm-hmm. And that's true. And this mass exodus that we keep hearing about, you know, because we've got two big names we're talking about here, but there's also other names rumored out there. And there's some other, uh, you know, things circling around uh, the Internet. Uh, really, honestly, this boils down to what really is true, what really is not. But at the end of the day, as many people as we're hearing that want to go, well, that truth may not be as much as we think it is. Dave Meltzer actually came out and said this is just overblown, this whole story, because, yes, there are people that are weighing their options, weighing the indie scene. There are a lot of those guys and gals that are saying to themselves, we have families to support, and the money we're making here is really good, and we're doing fine, and we're you know at least having a steady paycheck come in. We're not having to worry about you know we have to take off or things like that. If we get injured, we're still getting paid. Those type of things that you don't get on the indie circuit. I mean, Sean. I mean, you, you know just as well as any. You know, you have a family, and you've got to support them. I mean, that's got to weigh on these. You know these talents minds as they you know weigh those options yeah i mean it's 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 one of those things right where okay yeah you got to travel a lot and yeah you may not see the family but you're also there as a provider Mm -hmm. and okay well if you go travel in these i'm sure you can make more money right but then perhaps you're traveling even more Perhaps you're having to do more dates where you're not seeing your family just as much. And it depends on the person, right? If you saved your money and and you spent it wisely, perhaps you can do that. But not everybody does, right? Some people, we have to remember these guys got to pay their, their airfare every time. Or not their They got to pay their hotels every time. They got to pay their enormous insurance bills that I'm sure they have because – you know, insurance isn't going to be nice to people that go out there and get hurt for a living and are, well, trying not to get hurt, but they're basically at risk to injure themselves at any moment. And then, you know, it's just, there's so many things riding for them at that point. And so th- this is a huge decision. If you decide to leave, go on the Indies, maybe it doesn't work out for you. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it, because you leave in this mass exodus, I don't know that Vince is going to be happy to have you back very quickly either. He might hold out. You know, he's a big on second chance, but this might be one of those times where he holds out and says no. Mm-hmm. It's also something I don't think WWE in its entire history has ever really experienced where they've had people leave en masse out the door like you've. Uh, if you follow the Japanese wrestling scene, all Japan has been victim of it more than a couple of times. Uh, it's it's interesting that I think this sort of came out as people talking about, oh my god, all these people are leaving, are going to leave, are talking about leaving. You know, I mean, we, we've heard Dolph Ziggler's contract talk about, you know, pretty often. But at the flip side of that, you hear, uh, you know, uh, Carl Anderson talk about, you know, we may not be doing everything we want, but... You know, my kids like iPads, and I got, I'm got i making money to keep them fed and all that, and it, it makes sense. As much, uh, This is the one thing I think wrestling fans hate to acknowledge, is that as much as we're all passionate about what we're watching on screen and you want to see the best product possible no matter where you go, 
it's a business and uh, people are trying to make money to provide for themselves and their families, no matter where you are in, in a company or a promotion or whatnot. And taking the risk of trying to bet on yourself outside the indies when you maybe don't have the biggest name or you don't have the style or you don't have this or that or, or whatever you need to tell or whatever you tell yourself or whatever you believe sticking around the WWE and getting the chance to be on TV every week and, and making money and all this other stuff, like travel the world essentially too, I think is a big perk. Um, you know, it, it's hard to shut the door on that. And for a lot of people who maybe I've heard come up in talks like this, I don't know if the Indies would be the best fit for them, you know, or, or even an impact wrestling or, or ring of honor or anything like that. You know, it's just, going out there on the scene for some of these people might not be a great option just because I don't think their style or anything like that would fit, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're totally right about that. You know, we were just mentioning Nia. I mean, I just don't know how her style or anything would fit unless they're just using her WB name and maybe her link to the rock, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So. I mean, I could see Dolph working in another company if he wants to go somewhere. I think he knows that too. Yeah. Uh, you know, Neville, obviously, he's he can go work anywhere and he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I could see New Japan wanting him to help out with the junior division and uh, everything else. And then he can do runs in ROH, too. So I uh, don't think he would really work that well for Impact because, uh, you know, the X Division will... It'll go up and down. It'll be just like the cruiserweight division in no time flat. So, mm-hmm. where it can go quickly to being irrelevant mm-hmm. uh, whenever they feel like it. So, I would go to a company that values uh, guys like that. Plus, you know, Neville could always bulk up a little bit, uh, and and you know he could become a heavyweight if he wanted to. Uh, so, it's. I think that's that's there for him. Uh, you know, Dolph, same thing. I, you know, some of the other people, whoever they're mentioning here, it's just I think it all depends on if you're a former indie guy and you know you can make it somewhere and you don't have a problem doing that, then you know they'll they'll leave. But I don't really see any like WWE product people. Mm-hmm. We've seen how those guys do. Right, if they don't go to if they don't go to GF Impact, usually they're you'll they'll wind up like Sandow or Jack Swagger. They flame out really fast. Ryback even I know Ryback's sitting there trying to make money off his podcast. Basically, he you know the wrestling is kind of secondary to him, and all good for him. But yeah, most of these WWE only people that have never really seen the indies or were on the indies for you know a hot minute, they usually don't do well on the indies because they're not used to that. What you have to do in that style and and everything else, and other than Cody who just who made it a mission to adapt and and do something about it, most most of those people aren't like that, and they'll quickly realize, oh crap, I should have stayed. So. I'd imagine if people leave, it's people that have had their name made in, in other situations, and they'll just go back to what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Gary. Uh, no, I mean, I, I just wanted to, you know, make the point uh, that, you know, Sean, you're completely right about that. And, and I look at this situation and and say to myself, that's why you have all those people second guessing. 
And I think there's a lot of people that kind of understand that and know that a little bit. And those that who aren't so smart, maybe don't. Maybe they think, oh, I'm a wrestler. No matter where I go, I'm, I'm going to be okay. And that's not always true. And I think Neville, from what we're hearing, is pretty much 100% done. Mm-hmm. And you understand that because, well, he has been on the indie circuit. He knows what it takes. He's one of those guys that really honestly will be making money like Austin Aries is right now. Uh, and so – that's a lot easier decision for him. And he has a lot of legs to stand on for being angry. We're, some of these other people may not. Maybe they don't get exactly what they want, but Neville has really proven himself here. He's really done the, a lot of great things on the indies. He went to WWE, did really good in NXT, uh, has been pretty decently successful on the main roster with WWE. I mean, it's just that they seem to not really put him in the positions that will really help him, and they've kind of taken from him. If you think about it, Austin Aries comes into WWE, makes more money, apparently, than Neville, and he he travels a lot more than Aries does, and doesn't get exactly the same pay, gets less, and still, I mean, we're still looking at him also getting that match with Austin Aries at WrestleMania, gets the pre-show, the very first match of the entire event, and doesn't even make the DVD. So gets no DVD sales. Uh, profit off that. No no royalties from that. It's almost like he's secondary, and so I totally get the anger from Austin Aries. I understand it. I, I understand Neville's point of view here, too. I, I think we've talked about a bunch, right? He's I think worked the hardest out of anybody to reinvent himself, to create a character, to improve on the microphone, and really I think try to commit to the style that WWE wanted from him while still being Neville, right, or or Pac, or or whatever you want to call him, and I I think he's been hugely successful with this Evil King gimmick thing he had on the Cruiserweight show, and was absolutely, you know, sort of warranted to move up to the heavyweight division, and unfortunately, history is not on his side of thinking that once you're a Cruiserweight, um, you're sort of stuck there for a long time, unless you're just so ridiculously over that they can't say no, um, like Rey Mysterio, or, or stuff like that, so... I wanting to leave and seeing that you can make more with uh, with by doing less. I mean that's just smart, uh, and especially with how much his home, you know, the UK scene has blown up. Just, just, I think going back there, he can be fine if that's all he wanted to do. But I'm sure he'll do the you know states, and and if he still wants to do Japan, obviously he could do that too. But you know, I mean, I I, I get Neville's point of view for sure on this, and it's definitely somebody who knows, as you said, Gary, that he can go out there and be successful because he's already done it. You know, and now now he's got all these new challenges. I think to to sort of take up because the indie scene is vastly different from when he signed with WWE back in what, 2011, 2012, something like that, to to today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do think he he's picking the wrong kind of uh, fight with the whole Austin Aries getting more money. Austin Aries was in TNA. You're going to get more money if you were on an American TV product than somebody that that wasn't. That's just kind of how it is. And Austin Aries was always kind of there to be a sort of, I'm not going to do all the dates. I mean, heck, he was a commentator for like a while. I mean, while Neville was, was wrestling. So, I mean, being upset about those things, I think, kind of seems really weird, Uh, you know, Considering the status he comes in at, should Neville have gotten more money after the run he had with the Cruiserweights? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I think he deserved that. 
I just don't I just don't think that Vince cares. I don't think he cares about what you do when you're in the cruiserweight division. You're just there to fill out that show. Mm-hmm. As sad as that is to say. Um I same thing with I don't know that Enzo it doesn't matter how big Enzo gets on that show, I don't think Enzo's gonna get any kind of bump for, for doing it. I mean, great. Enzo went down there and proved a lot of people wrong and 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 all that stuff. Great for him too. But I just uh, you know, Neville's gonna be fine. I don't think we gotta worry about Neville. He's he's he knows what he's doing. He's been in this situation before. He will be just fine. Uh, I, I obviously this is a thing we have to monitor. And I forgot going back to the Nia Jax thing really quick. Nia Jax is on Total Divas this year, mm-hmm. so we don't even. What if Nia Jax becomes one of the best parts of Total Divas? You know, I don't know if that's something that she enjoys doing or whatever. You have to deal with a camera following you all around all the time. But, like, if she becomes a big hit on there, WWE might fight to get her back just because people really enjoyed her on the show or, or the producers, you know, enjoyed her on the show or whatever. So, you know, that that season hasn't even aired yet. So let's see. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, both of them are... I think they'll be okay regardless, but it's uh, this is obviously something we got to keep seeing what's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The the Aries yeah. deal, by the way, is in re- uh, response the the tweet that Aries made, where he made more in six weeks than he did four months working uh, the Indies than he did to WWE. And Neville saw that and is like, "Dude, well, I'm not getting paid here either, and I'm traveling more, and it just like it doesn't make sense to stick around here if the, if I'm doing all this extra work when I can be out there making more money and doing less." because of it you know as far as travel times goes so like that just it, it makes obscenely good sense if, if you're learning all this and realizing like hoot what do i need to be here for if i'm going to be you know misused and not up to par on what i think i've given you in response to to what you've asked of me um you know basically it, it's bs and it's time for me to move on mm-hmm. yeah and that's you know his prerogative and you know better for him if it does work out that way and He's successful back on the indies. I mean that that's fair, and I appreciate all the things that he's done to to make WWE better. And you know, hey, I, I'm happy for him. However, it works out, but you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how this all transpires with Neville, with Nia Jax, with all these other talents. And and as the weeks go on, we'll hear more and more about this and see what actually does transpire. Once again, these are all rumors. Uh, we got a few things out that are facts, but. Until it actually happens, it's kind of hard to sit here and say this is a finale. It's it's in stone, you know. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, you know, WWE is really trying to do a lot still. Um, you know, they may not be you know making everybody happy, but what they're trying to do is continue on and at least get some of those guys that they signed in the UK division to actually be able to have their own show. And one thing that they've done recently is started pitching a show in the UK to many different networks over there in the UK. And one of them is ITV, which you saw uh, this last year do the World of Sport tapings. And this show that they're really kind of trying to promote and trying to sell is called King of the Ring, uh, which is, you know, that's kind of a interesting, you know. What do you think about this, Paul? I mean, this is going to be uh, hopefully something that takes place because we've been waiting for a while for the uk guys to get their own show yeah this would be a show that would air exclusively in the uk as far as tv goes i don't know if it's going to get like simulcast on the network or or something like that or if it's going to go up on demand on there or however that's going to work out since the 
they're just pitching the show right now. But this is, at least it's good to see them try to move in that direction, right? Of trying to get something going for those guys. Um, and, and of course, if it takes off and does really well, then it's a, it's easy, you know, more money for them, right? If they're getting paid TV rights now. So I mean, it's a win all the way around for everybody involved as far as that side of the brand goes. I think you need it for that side of the brand because, I mean, it's we got to be real, right? The money that they're making is small, but it also allows them to – they don't have to go around doing a million indie dates just on that salary and then some of the shows that we see like British Strong Style do or, or whatever – that's enough. They'll they're okay with that. Now, if they want to make more and not have the tie to WWE, and then they can you know go do other things, then uh, that's something to wonder about too. How long will they wait around just being associated with this brand that's essentially not doing anything uh, unless they find a show for them? So, uh, I mean, if they're fine with that and they feel like we'll eventually get put into the NXT system and and they'll they'll eventually do something with them, I mean, I think it would be a crime if you don't use at least Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate in that way. But uh, either way, I, I, this is this is something that they need to do. Find the station in the UK that will air it. I mean, I'm not saying you know start going all the way down and get like very little money for it, but. I'm glad to see that they're going high, go all the way up to ITV, see what you get, and who knows, maybe one of these places will, uh, TV stations will, will agree to something, and I'm sure they'll find a way to get on the network. If not, you know, the internet's a magical place. We can find a way to watch it. So. Right. Yeah, and that's true, and, you know, I, I'm just excited for a lot of those talents who have been waiting around for this to happen, you know, and I, I really do hope that it actually land somewhere if it's not itv another network just make it happen wb we need to see these guys you know actually feel like that they matter and, and right now they're just appearing on nxt every once in a while and they're just working house shows i i just i, I know it'd be so great if they can do their own thing so uh, you know something else that's going on in the world of wrestling that kind of sucks is that Mark Briscoe that we talked about this last uh, Tuesday on the Tuesday show uh, was that we had him you know talk and of course we talked about quite a bit about him breaking uh, or dislocating his elbow actually and we just thought no big deal we kind of talked about it kind of nonchalantly Paul but it, this is more serious than originally thought uh, apparently he's going to be out eight to ten weeks with this thing. And that means that, you know, they've got to change a lot of the plans. Uh, they had a lot of stuff kind of already in place for their TV tapings, a lot of things written that they had to change. So this this has kind of set them back a little bit. But, I mean, ah, man, I feel bad for Ring of Honor, but I really feel bad for Mark Briscoe. Yeah, this really sucks for him um, because it felt like this thing that they were gearing up for uh, with Bully Ray and Jay Briscoe was sort of meant to to either highlight on him or, or kind of put a bit more of a bigger spotlight on him as far as it came to the singles uh, stuff because it's always been about Jay, um, really, since all of that came out. And Mark's just sort of, I don't want to say tag along, but certainly kept in that mid-card, upper mid-card area, never really being the guy. Um, so maybe this was the you know their crack at trying to do that for him. Uh, and and then for them to have to go and re- rewrite TV just sort of you know sort of supports that entire theory. Yeah, uh, this it really sucks to have to be out that long, like two three months, and you're having 
a storyline written for you, that that's the worst. I mean, if you're kind of doing nothing and you're getting hurt, it's much less a bigger deal. Still sucks to have to be out, obviously, but yeah, just like at the worst time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really is a shame, and you know, guys like him, you, they they fight through injuries, they do a lot of things to to get through. But this is something that you know, it, it's just it's not something you can work through. You just have to get it healed up, and I really hope he does. You know, get it healed up and gets back to one hundred percent because he's definitely one of the bigger parts of Ring of Honor. I just love watching him and, and the Briscoe brothers in general. So yes, you know, Mark, get better soon, man. You know, please. Kenny Omega apparently will be officially joining the uh, Ring of Honor show uh, over WrestleMania weekend, which is Supercard of Honor. Uh, that's kind of exciting here, Sean. I mean, we've seen Supercard of Honor be really fun and really great shows, but uh, adding Kenny Omega is a big deal. Oh, yeah, that's a huge deal. You're going to get a lot of people that are going to want to go to that show. Mm-hmm. And and then certainly you're going to – I mean, they usually sell out, but now you're for sure going to get one to see Kenny Omega. Yeah, I mean, they drew their biggest crowd to date last year with uh, with last year's incarnation of the Supercard of Honor show with over 2,000, right? I mean, you, now you have Tanahashi and Omega on the show. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> like, how big yeah. house are you guys planning on because uh, you're probably going to sell it out? Oh, yeah. They're definitely going to sell that one out. That's going to be one of the hardest shows to get into, WrestleMania weekend. You know it is. Uh, it's going to be amazing. So, I mean, if you want your tickets, I, have they already went on sale? I don't even know. I know WrestleMania tickets are, you know. I think they have gone on sale already. Have they? Okay. So, if you didn't buy them already, you better go check into it because you may not get one if you don't. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, but so yeah, we'll see about Kenny Omega. Uh, but yeah, Paul, I mean, there's this really crazy thing going on with Impact Wrestling, uh, and it's nothing bad. It's actually they're teaming up with this Crust and Crate Fast Fired Pizza Pub. Can you tell us a little bit about this? So they're basically taking uh, their entire show to Ottawa, and they're putting on like six wrestling shows over the from November 5th to the 10th. And I'm assuming this place is either nearby or whatever, but they're, they're teaming up with them. They're having some of their guys over there for some like press stuff. And um, this pub is going to hold post-show parties over there where they're going to have uh, – they've named a pizza after Impact Wrestling, and they have a specialty drink as well too. So uh, realistically, the funniest thing to come out of this is, as Sean has shown us in our wrestling chats, is all the pictures of just them like advertising pizza. <laughs> 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 oh boy! I mean, it's great. Impact the pizza guys, impact pizza. <laughs> Did you see some of the pictures with the Greta? Was he in any of those pictures, Sean? Uh, I saw one, the one that I posted with Moose, mm-hmm. and it was some like it impact crushed, crushed it or whatever. I don't know. It's they're all dumb, and it's just like, oh come on, like. All right, whatever. You know, whatever works for them. Uh, just, it, hey, they, they're trying, right? So I, I can't really hate on them. I think it's hilarious, though. Uh, it feels like you're back at your local indie with them sponsoring, like, hey, stay after for some, like, food and drinks and talk to the wrestlers or whatever. I mean, like, that's what that feels like. But, uh, hey, credit to them they're they're trying anything they can and 
uh, you know, I don't know how much it's going to help, but you got to do what you got to do, right? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, hey, I mean, anything that they can do to get people to partner up with them, it's not a bad thing. I mean, I think that, you know, they're doing what they can, like you said, Sean. And if pizza and beer and whatever they, you know, that makes, you know, wrestling fans happy. So why not dive into that and get people to get hey, excited who about Who doesn't that? like pizza and beer? I mean, yeah. true story. So there you go. I mean, so I'm just really, you know, interested in those the pizza type. Like, I really want to know what that is. Like, is it, you know, just a multiple things of pizza? Is it lots of meat? Is it... I'm just really curious about that and the drink. I mean, is it is it you know weak or is it strong? You know those kind of things. I'm just want to know now. <laughs> Pretty sure it's a you just get your own drink. Uh, so I think it would be an alcoholic beverage. They need to make yeah. an alcoholic beverage for this. I would thing. assume it's usually when they say specialty drink, it's some crazy cocktail they've made up. Yeah. See, I, I'm the reason I'm asking it's probably going to be like that ugly ass blue they use for their logo too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. See, okay, I, I'm going to mention this. Really you'll quick. have the Grado special, and <laughs> you know you don't know what's in that. It's the mystery drink, and it's going to be really stout. Uh, mm. Yeah, they'll have uh, they'll have the knockouts drink, and you know X Division. It'll be hanging. You'll have to grab it or something, and and you know. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what else they're gonna do? Oh man! So. Yeah. I find it also is- pretty funny that they put moose on the cover advertising pizza. When realistically, in Canada, you could probably get a pizza with moose on it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> good. You could. Yeah. So he was sure. being a cannibal at the time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah he's oh. eating his own uh, own kind. David, the own kind. Oh my god! You know, I have to mention this really quickly here. I, when I went to Jamaica, I went to Rose Hall, and they actually had a specialty drink for the plantation, which was uh, which is brew, and uh, so it's cool. You, if you if you actually buy it, they give you your own drink. You, you whatever that glass comes in, you get to keep it. So. Um, Maybe they need to do that there. Maybe they have their own impact glasses, and if you drink it, then you can Oh, I'm it. sure. It'll have Josh Matthews' face all over it. Oh, oh now. Boy, <laughs> that's sexy. Uh, thinking about this, though, the reason I was asking if it was going to be a weak or strong drink, it's either going to be representative of what the company is, maybe a weak, or, you know, strong because you're going to have to watch the entire show. So. <laughs> throwing it out God. Uh, but anyway, I just alienated the Impact fans. I'm sorry. Uh, so you uh, they know, listen to well, us review it. I'm sure we've alienated them enough, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Uh, so we'll, we'll do that later. Uh, but yeah, okay. So one last thing here. Why do you all review a show you hate? Yeah, I don't hate it. I, I actually sometimes I enjoy talking about Impact, and sometimes I wonder why we do it. Uh, Big Japan. Uh, they, like many others, have joined up uh, and started streaming their product here and it's 888 yen i mean so there you go paul i mean uh, you got 888 yen you're gonna spend uh it's like i think that's like 750 as far as what it comes out to in, in u.s dollars but uh, uh big japan is what got me into wrestling in japan uh when i was going through death or uh, watching deathmatch stuff back in 2005 um they've added a strong style division now it's called strong japan which is some of the best wrestling you'll find on the planet right now for sure um, absolutely worth your money, and I mean, the Honey Pot, however, is sort of what I want. It just keeps getting smaller. I think they're the fourth or fifth now bigger Japanese promotion to open their own streaming service, along with uh, New Japan and DDT, and you have uh, some of the Joshi places like Stardom and Wave with their own now too. And 
uh, I, people only have so much money. <laughs> yeah. And they're making it hard on you. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Uh, I mean, when, when you're – not that they care, right, because nobody's getting paid for this and then you're not paying to have it either. Uh, you know, when you're all when you're part of that real hero archive, and you can just go in there and whatever, watch whatever you want, uh, and you know, credit to Eric and and all the you know uh, all those guys that that record all those shows and put it on there for everybody. Mort, that's I, off to him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mort and uh, Jamel and mm-hmm. and all those guys. But it's just they uh, it, it's a real service to the wrestling fans what they do. But certainly. You know, they try to be very, uh, they've already given everybody that until, what, November 1st? Yeah. Uh, you have to download what you want. So if you know what the Real Hero Archive is, uh, you might and you want to watch some Big Japan, you might want to go uh, download, you know, whether it's the light tube matches or the great wrestling matches they have. They don't just have death matches on there. Mm-hmm. But it's well worth the uh, 888 yen. Uh, they have some fantastic wrestling on there, but it's just like what... Uh, you know, Paul said, how many streaming services can you possibly have? Mm-hmm. And even if you don't pay for a lick of cable, at some point, this all starts adding up. And if you're one of these people that's, you know, you're just living and you're, you know, you got one of these just regular old jobs and then you're trying to pay everything else, these things start adding up. And, you know, you got to pick and choose what wrestling companies you want to follow. Yep. I think that's the truth, you know, so, you know, if you're into it, make sure you go, you know, and get that streaming service and, you know, those choices are always difficult. I agree. So we'll find out, you know, uh, you know, more about this stuff and whoever else wants to pop up and add themselves to a streaming service. We'll find out. Uh, but yeah, that is all of our quick hits for tonight. And, uh, you know, of course, we'll have some other big news topics next week. But now we've got to move on to some of our stuff when it comes to reviews. Uh, so uh, we are going to move on to Ultima Lucha Tress. That's right. The last episode for Lucha Underground for Season 3. We'll do that right after this, guys. All right, we're back here with some Lucha Underground, and of course, this is what very well could be the last episode of Lucha Underground we'll ever see, uh, <laughs> which makes this, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know if tears are enough to convince somebody out there to give them a whole buttload of money, but uh, if not, Gary's got some for you. <laughs> yeah, I got those tears definitely flowing. And I'm just going to go, what I'm going to do, Paul, is I'm going to go down to the American Airlines Center in Dallas, and I'm going to sit there with just a stream of tears, hoping that Mark Cuban will say, stop flooding my court, and I'll just say, bye, Lucha Underground, please. <laughs> Please just pay for it. Just you got XS TV. Come on. That's that. Hopefully that'll work. It might work. <laughs> they got New Japan on there. You never know. I know. See, worth a try. <laughs> they uh, they opened this week with uh, the usual video packages to help you catch up here. And uh, the first part of it is at least definitely necessary because they are touching on some very old stuff that goes back almost more than a year as Dragon Azteca Junior. Takes on Matanza Cueto, and of course we know that Matanza uh, has kidnapped Rey Mysterio and has basically been uh, super angry at him for pinning him. Uh, to that end, Dragon Azteca Jr. has been essentially fighting uh, for both his sake and Rey's sake because he's tired of getting picked on. 
They go about six and a half minutes or so. You have a really cool spot in here where Matanza uh, basically overhead bellies to bellies. Uh, wow, that was bad. Overhead belly to bellies. Uh, Dragon is Tekka Jr. through the cage all the way out to the floor. And it looks like he should have won there. However, Dario, uh, and what will not be the first time we hear of him this evening changing some rules, says, Escape is out the door now. Um, just because you got thrown through the cage doesn't mean anything. You got to get back in there and face your destiny. So now it's only pen or submit to win. And as Dragon Azteca is sort of starting to make a comeback, you have Black Lotus come out, uh, who has been in cahoots with Dario and has been basically being lied to since then about, um, Dragon Azteca killing her parents when really it was Matanza. And, uh, she flies off the top rope, hits Dragon, or top rope, top of the cage, hits Azteca, Floors him, Matanza hits Wrath of Gods, gets the victory. And then post-match, uh, Lotus attacks Matanza and tries to go after Dario and gets uh, Dario to admit that uh, he did, in fact, lie to her. Uh, but, however, Matanza recovers and just absolutely wrecks her with Wrath of the Gods, and they make their exit. Yeah, I mean, this was a fun match. I mean, uh, for a cage match, you know, you, you got some of the things that you like to see. Uh, they were, you know, really aggressive in this match. I love Dragon Azteca getting thrown through uh, outside, through the cage of the outside. I love that. You know, you don't ever get a chance to see that kind of stuff, at least on, you know, when we watch a lot of WWE television on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, you never see that kind of stuff. So it's really cool to see it here. I think they did a really well, you know, performance. I was really happy with what I got here. I think it was a good open, and it was just a lot of fun. And, you know, once again, something Lucha Underground can bring to the table that really no other promotions do, and that's just have these, like, great moments of drama and just, you know, intrigue. And, you know, like you mentioned, can go way back. You know, to stuff that was long ago and just really make it matter. And so I think all around really good. And, you know, sorry, Black Lotus, you know, you, you should have paid more attention to the bigger guy, the smaller guy, of course, you know, not such the problem. So, right, right. yeah, it is what it is. And, I, you know, I hope to one day see the next part of that story. If we if we do get that, um, like I said, the the future is still up in the air for this place. But I agree, I enjoyed this for a two hour show. I thought this was a very nice opener, and uh, really that moment of him throwing Dragon through or Azteca through the cage, I think really just sort of sets up the rest of the evening for what you're going to get, especially in this triple threat match, which is turned into an elimination match by Dario because he doesn't want there to be any question of who should possess. The Magical Gauntlet, and of course, uh, it now gets the official name as the Gauntlet of the Gods. Uh, And dear lord, did they just... uh, Really, this is three guys attempting to kill each other without actually trying to kill each other. Uh, Big spots all over the place. Uh, You have another sheet of glass brought in by Crane, and Mil Muertes gets thrown through that, which uh, basically shreds his right arm, I think, left arm. One of his arms is all cut Uh up and just covered in blood, and... Crane gets busted open. Uh, big spot here as Crane gets suplexed through two tables that Cage had set up earlier with Meal laying across one of them. Uh, this allows Crane to get eliminated later as Cage lays him out with the Weapon X. And then the match kind of goes downhill a little bit. It loses, I think, some of that special stuff that Crane brings to some of these matches where he can just go basically balls to the walls uh, insane from the minute the bell goes and 
you know, to that end, it, it's fine because I think you could only get so much in, and what they got in before that elimination was fine. Uh, but this eventually comes down to Cage and Meal, and Meal hits a flatliner on a chair after Crane runs back into the ring and attacks Cage for eliminating him. And uh, the Meal, of course, is now in possession of the gauntlet, which Katrina goes out and retrieves from Dario, and the lights go out as Meal bashes the ring with the gauntlet. And when they come up again, King Cuerno is in the ring and has made his return and attacks him and steals the gauntlet. And this is basically getting payback for Meal absolutely annihilating him uh, la- earlier this season or at the end of last season. I can't remember which. Um, and it looks like this has been reopened as well. And I I was a great fan of this match. I loved the King Cuerno return. I thought that was wonderful. This whole piece of business was, you know, tops as far as I went. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you, and I, I just the match itself was just so much fun to watch. It, it, it was better than you know what you would get sometimes in just regular triple threat because they could use weapons and do all those things that you know really make it special. And, and those guys were a bloody mess. I mean, they really were. And you know we've seen this in Ultima Lucha all throughout. You know, hey, let's get as much blood we can yeah. as we can on TV. You know, so they do definitely do that. You know, with some due justice here and. I really appreciate that. And you're right. Crane being out of the match definitely took a lot of that high energy pace out of it. And now you're down to two guys who are good. Don't get me wrong, but they're not going to give you that. And that excitement kind of left the room once Crane was eliminated. So, you know, the the ending here was was fine. And it was, once again, something very dramatic. Mm -hmm. And they bring in King Cuerno. And the next thing you know, it's, it's different than when you originally thought the ending was going to be. Uh, they always take it away right from underneath your feet, right when you think you want it all, right? Um, so it, it's it's kind of a theme throughout this entire night. Uh, yeah. uh, but that's okay. Uh, once again, I agree with you. Great piece of business. I would also be remiss to forget that Crane pulls out a bunch of uh, wooden stakes, essentially, and smashes oh. them into the top of Brian Cage's head, uh, oh. which is just straight out of the Big Japan playbook, for sure. But this... I. So cool. I've never seen a televised product, at least here in the States, do that. And that is uh, certainly, I think, a defining moment for what makes Lucha so very different. <laughs> oh, definitely. And you know what I wish? I mean, and this sounds cool crazy, but, you know, I, I wish they had the production that could allow when he does something like that or a spot where a cage bleeds to, to see some metal. Oh, uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Oh. Wouldn't it be brilliant? But I know it's it's really hard to do when you're in a live match, you know, and all that. But I, I think it'd be so cool if some way they could do it, even if it was, you know, some pain or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it might have to take more than Mark Cuban to fund that sort of <laughs> production. <laughs> that would be like, hey, uh, Kane uh, fell through the ring, and we don't know why, but uh, he'll, he'll be back in about twenty. <laughs> After that uh, wonderful segment, we cut to something that is absolutely hilarious, and that is the documentary that Taya has been filming about Johnny Mundo throughout this entire season of Lucha Underground. I, th- this is legitimately some of the funniest things I think I've seen on this show to date, especially all the goofs at the beginning where Mundo's like, uh, wh- you're you ready? I'm ready? Are, are you fi- Okay, okay, and then they smash cut again into something, and... I just really, really fun stuff, and Mundo just completely overhyping himself too, uh, ahead of this match with 
basically his biggest rival in the entire place in Prince Puma, I thought was just wonderful. Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. It was very funny. And, you know, it's just this whole group It has that comic feel, but yet they're very serious, right? They're a very dangerous group. But at the same point, I mean, you can't help but love them because of these silly, cheesy things that they do. And <laughs> I think it was very, very well done. I, I was very happy with it. And so it sets you up to, you know, to get to that match at the end. But and nonetheless, you know, you finally get to see the product that you'd been watching for a long time. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and this brings us <clears throat> to our main event, the Lucha Underground Championship on the line as Johnny Mundo defends against Prince Puma, who has put his career on the line. And I, they come out firing basically with uh, a lot of great stuff that harkens back to all their previous encounters, as well as their usual over-the-top flair that both of these guys like to do, lots of flips and lots of, I think, parkour inspiration stuff, certainly in the beginning at least. Uh, eventually, of course, you have what you would expect, which is Worldwide Underground coming out and causing some havoc and making you think that, uh, you know, it's just not going to be Poopman's Night. There's too many people. But then here comes Angelico uh, flying around, taking out everybody, getting his revenge on the Underground for breaking his arm in a car earlier this season. And eventually it's enough to allow Prince Puma to go up top and hit the 630 and win the championship for the second time. The crowd goes nuts. Uh, this was—it's a wonderful match. It's a great piece of storytelling with all the stuff involved as well, and it's just absolutely spectacular. Oh yeah, you're, you're completely right. Uh, probably the best piece of business uh, and match that I've seen uh, all week. Mm-hmm. In my personal opinion, I loved this match. And yes, there are components that are not, you know, straight up clean and things like that. But at the end of the day, not only was it a lot of great wrestling and uh, a lot of the extracurriculars, the high flying stuff, but you you get some interference here that it's just, it's just fun. It's entertaining. I, I really, really love this. And I thought it was, you know, great to see Prince Puma get that chance to to win his second title and it it was just one of those things where you sit there and say at the end of it wow i just i just had so much fun and it it felt like that was quick because i was having so much fun Mm -hmm. absolutely spectacular moment but uh as i said earlier we're not done with dario and dario's not done with ultima lucha as he comes out and says you know what puma you still got one more match and that's because last week after pentagon won the Gift of the Gods Championship. He ran into Dario and told him, hey man, I want my shot next week. And Dario uh, it brings up the rule that he made. He wants the week to promote, but he says that rules are like bones. They are meant to be broken. Both of their careers are on the line in this case. And uh, the championship, of course, is up for grabs as well. So Prince Puma defends the Lucha Underground title against Pentagon Dark with both of their careers on the line. This gets a lot of time for what I was expecting this to go kind of quick. And they still almost get 10 minutes, I think, of uh, some very, very well-done action. Vampiro uh, looks to get up and try to rally Puma as he's coming down the stretch to get the victory, but ends up pulling Pentagon out of the way the 630. Uh, Pentagon recovers. Package Piledriver gets in the win. He is your new Lucha Underground champion. And uh, what a spectacular ending to the to the whole shebang as far as the wrestling action goes. This is, you know, you, you put it on the guy who got you here, and now you put it on the guy who's going to take you forward 
if indeed you get another season because Pentagon arguably might be the most over guy on the roster. Oh yeah, for sure. I, you know how much I love him. I'm just big and independent gone dark. And uh, I think, you know, for what it is, you know, you've seen the entire show that, you know, the end is not the end. <laughs> There's always more to the story. And that's because of Dario Cuarto. And, you know, it, 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 when I saw Puma win, I started thinking to myself, well, well that just doesn't kind of work. What I thought it was going to work out. That's fine. I love Prince Puma. It's great. And then the way, you know, Puerto just basically says, ah, no, 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 no. Okay, so that, that leads you to where, okay, I get where this is going. And it all makes sense. And you're right. This was not a short match between Pentagon Dark and Prince Puma. But it's it's so much better that way. Uh, and I say that because, yeah, I'm sure you get a quality match. But not just that. You, it shows that Prince Puma is giving every single last bit of energy he has because, well, this is his career. And he has to. And he just can't overcome all that's been thrown at him. And Pentagon Dark is just, you know, one of those guys you can't just jump into the ring with after having an extremely difficult match. And it just shows right there. Pentagon Dark wins the championship, makes me happy. Um, but I just, I, I, you know, still sad that I may never see the fruits of that labor. Yeah, especially afterwards he gets on the microphone and cuts a promo that now he is the champion. This is his temple uh, and, of course, Vampiro's in the ring celebrating with him some, too. And it's very clear now that all of Vampiro's machinations this season with Prince Puma were just a setup all along to sort of betray him and find a way to get him out of here. And uh, Puma walks out all dejected. I should mention, of course, that Pentagon broke his arm at the beginning of the match before. That's, that might have been something important I should have mentioned. But uh, he walks out holding his arm, and he ends up taking off his mask with his good arm backstage as we enter the quick cuts that have become synonymous i think with a lucha underground ending leaves his mask on the floor and walks out of the temple and uh something i probably should mention here too is the second the episode ended or at least as far as his cinematic was done ricochet put up a picture of a clock and said the to- the clock starts now so Ooh. yeah <laughs> looks like uh wherever he is going uh, which, as we talked about, I think, on the episode earlier this week, it looks like it's WWE. Uh, the, t- the countdown is on, as it were. Yeah, and, you know, hey, good for him. And especially, you know, the fact that Luke Underground, you know, is in limbo. Uh, I'm really happy for him, you know, and we'll see. Um, but, yeah, the countdown is now. So we got 90 days, right? So. Yeah, that's it. Uh, um Oh, I still have some more stuff to go through here. Yeah, uh, King Guerno yeah. uh, has the gauntlet now in his trophy room uh, and sort of smiles at it in the camera. You have Sexy Star doing a press conference, and a little girl ends up bringing up a box that and uh, whispers to her that she hasn't forgotten about you yet, and Sexy opens it, and the spider is in there. So that still has yet to be uh, concluded as far as all that goes. Uh, the Rabbit Tribe is still trying to worship Masqueria Sagrada, but Sagrada says, you know what, I know where the White Rabbit is, just follow me, and they all trail off after him, so I, I kind of want to know where that's going. Yeah. <laughs> you have Phoenix and Melissa drive off together in the car, uh, Katrina ends up walking up behind him as they drive away, and from the rafters or the roof or wherever, Jeremiah Crane is, is watching her still, so that's that's still a thing. And then we get to cut to the uh, Lizard Tribe's little temple area where Cobra Moon is sitting on her throne as queen. And somebody walks in without his mask, and it turns out it's Daga. 
uh, who has a sword and ends up killing Pindar at Cobra Moon's uh, request, essentially, to become uh, her new king, and they still have Draco all chained up and all that, so... Pendar is now dead. Uh, I think that brings the body co- count up to like four. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think you're right. And uh, Vampiro is back in his little temple area. And his master, we get to see on screen, has this really, really cool skull mask on. And uh, basically congratulates him for doing so well and getting rid of Puma. Montanza is back in his cage and across the way in another cage. Rey Mysterio is still alive and entrapped inside of that. And Dario finally is in his office drinking um, with one of the spokesmen, I guess, for the guy that gave him the gauntlet. And uh, promises to get the gauntlet back and all this. And the guy tells him, you know what, don't worry, it's going to be taken care of. Pulls out a gun and shoots Dario. Uh, We're somewhere we don't really get to see because the camera pans off. And tells him that new management is going to take care of that and all of his other mistakes. And Dario grabs his phone and dials out to his dad, uh, who uh, very quickly passes out after completing the call. And uh, that's that's how it leaves with the to-be-continued. So, epic cliffhanger that we may never know the answers to, Gary. (laughs) Heartbreaking. It really is. And you just sit there and wonder about all these great points that they put into place here, just getting you ready for next season. And you just think to yourself, oh, and I can't find out. Like, this is the worst thing ever. Um, so at the end, I mean, yes, this this kind of disappoints you because we know the limbo situation with Lucha Underground. But at the same point, you're very happy because, you know, you see all these great and in important moments at the end here mm-hmm. and they mean so much to we you know what we don't know so I, I really hope we get those answers i really do and we'll see if we do you know but yeah uh, you know yeah I don't know. I don't know if we should eulogize the promotion yet or not because it's still up in the air about whether we get more or not but uh hopefully the day comes where we can come to you in quick hits and say there's going to be a season four yeah, I'm right there with you, Paul. We need to be making sure we prepare that statement. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, one last thing I I, I, I was going to mention earlier. I'm, I'm you know going to say it right now. I love that ref bump. I didn't mention it before, but the ref dived to the outside. Oh yeah. Oh uh, <laughs> God, I died. I loved that ref bump. It was perfect. So yeah, and, and that triple, uh, not triple. Excuse me. And then uh, the match with Puma and. Um, Johnny Mundo. Johnny it was Mundo. just so great. It was so much fun to watch the ref just say, F you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Rick Knox is, is who Gary's talking about. If you're a PWG fan, uh, what we're telling you isn't new, unfortunately. But if, if you've never seen any of this before... Yeah, he uh, he likes to do dives too. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. See, and I don't get a chance to watch PWG, so that's something that was fun to me. So, uh, well, yeah, I mean that's Lucha Underground, uh, and, and I'll be excited the next time we get to talk it. But until then, uh, we are officially done with season three, uh-huh. and so uh, that leads us on to another show, and that is Impact Wrestling. So let's dive in right now. Yeah, let's do it, as I still don't have a theme, and I really yeah. need to sort that out. <laughs> and, 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 and it's all of our fault. I, I should you know, find it and give it to you, but we're okay. We yeah. can just dive in cold. Yeah. Um, so we get some highlights of Moose and Stefan Bonner showing up with, to the building 
uh, with all the stuff they took from American Top Team last week. And we also get to learn that Lashley and all the American Top Team guys are in the building, so we know bad things are coming our way. And after that, we get into our first match uh, very quickly as Chris Adonis takes on Johnny Impact, who strikes very quickly looking to get some revenge after Adonis attacked him uh, last week, winning the number one contendership. And he ends up getting the win here, about 10 minutes or so. Nothing wrong with any of this going on in this match, in my opinion. It's just fine. It's just, you know, something to get you going. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, it, it, it's what it is. And you figured this is what was going to take place. Is Johnny Nitro or uh, Johnny Impact? What do I want to say? Nitro. He's got like Johnny, 20 names, Gary. You're I, fine. I, I know. <laughs> I just think of like Johnny. Then people would say, no, it's not. Because what if he's going to go Gano? Like, oh, God. Uh, anyway, so, yes, you know, it's basically there because you're fulfilling the story you you get you know what you expect i mean because really you know johnny impact is going to be the guy but you know he's not going to get over in the end at least for this episode he's going to get beat down of course and all that so it does happen it, it progresses the story that's about it yeah it is about it uh in the post-match eli Drake comes out and uh attacks uh, or attempts to attack Impact, but it, Johnny is one step ahead of him and starts beating him up and uh, with with a belt and, and all these other things. Adonis makes the save, uh, and then they get to put the beat down on Johnny Impact until uh, Garza Jr. comes out to make the save for Johnny. So I would assume a tag team match is in the works somewhere along the line there. Yeah, and by the way, Garza, unless you just don't want to get in the ring and hit these guys, don't hit the stinking stairs. Just get in there and hit them. I mean, come on. It's like, hey, guys, get out of the way or else, you know, I'm like, come on, just go in there and swing at them. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, basically. Hey, I, you know, it's like, um, yeah, I, I'm going to do something, you know, and then just, you know, you're outside the ring. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. Uh, we go to AAA for a full match, actually, from, from one of GFW's affiliates here, as James Storm takes on Tejano, El Hijo de Fantasma, Eddie Edwards, and EC3 in a, in a five-way match, and I, I'm not gonna say I didn't like this, I do prefer this to us getting clips, uh, it does sort of take away from the story, though, that these guys are supposed to be working together against each other, and here they're just all sort of beating the crap out of each other. Uh, exactly. Like, that's the one thing that kind of bothered me, right? And, and the whole thing was, is, oh, that we were supposed to work together, and we can't work together, and that became the biggest part of the impact side of this. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you know, we got to stick together, guys, and they just don't. So it is what it is. I mean, I, I, I'm going to be with you on the fact that I really hate to say I didn't like it, but I'll be honest with you, I didn't have a lot of interest. That's fair. Uh, this story so far really hasn't done a lot for me either. I should mention, of course, that Tejano does win here due to, uh, I guess, him and Phantasma working together a bit more because uh, Phantasma mm-hmm. gets to sort of cut off uh, James Storm for making the save as Tejano pins EC3. So, I don't know. It, it was fine, I think, for what it was, you know. Yeah. Uh, OVE wants to meet with Conan in Mexico, and Conan agrees to meet with them if they come on down to the crash and defend those T or Impact or GFW tag team titles or whatever the heck they're called these days. Uh, Eddie Edwards, EC3, and Storm are backstage arguing after that match. 
Uh, and this is where they say that they need to work together better. And Storm tells the EC3, you know what, man, we're going to fix this. We're going to come together and we're going to fix this and beat these guys back. And then we come to Desmond Xavier taking on Andrew Everett, which initially I was pretty excited for, but Everett is out there again with Trevor Lee and Caleb Connolly. And this is basically just a giant angle as everybody tries to beat up Desmond and he keeps coming out steps ahead and, uh, ends up getting the win here, but this was basically an angle masquerading as a match. Yeah, it really was. And, I mean, good for Desmond Xavier, right? I mean, <laughs> they gave him a lot of offense. He, he was able to look really well against a guy that usually does not have that happen to him. And, you know, it's really interesting. And, and in a way, kind of refreshing. They're giving a guy, a young talent, more opportunities. And, Doing a, I mean, I'll say this, an entertaining job of it. I think that they're, you know, working their angle, and that's what they need to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm fine with this. I have no qualms or anything else about that. You know. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. And I, I really quickly, uh, I didn't make a point about the little, uh, little situation with EC3 and uh, James Storm kind of talking about that match. I, I think EC3 being quiet is what it is, but I wish he would have responded to James Storm when he said he was going to fix this all day. They're going to fix it together. Mm-hmm. I, I wish EC3 would have said, yeah, I know. I want to fix it too. Uh, let, let's fix our career. Because right now <laughs> our careers suck. Let's not worry about impact. Let's just work, worry about us. So. <laughs> if only, Gary, if only. Uh, I know. <laughs> EC3, you're so much better than this. It's true. It's so true. Uh, we come back from the Xavier Everett match from commercial to learn that commentary is informing us that Taryn Terrell is out of Bound for Glory, so now it's just going to be Sienna, oh. de- Sienna defending the title against Gail Kim and Al. I know, you're heartbroken, Gary. Oh, just, I just terrible. Ter- <laughs> that ruined my night, I'm telling you. Who cares, really? I mean, Taryn, come on. I, somebody, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh <laughs> Next week, we'll get to see uh, Trevor Lee in Tijuana. Uh, we cut back to OVE looking for Conan, and they're told once again, hey, man, go defend your titles, um, and then you'll get to see Conan, so that's whatever. Um, get to check in with Moose and Stefan Bonner again as they look out through all the stuff that they took from American Top Team. And then we get to uh, some highlights of all the Grado... Uh, uh, God, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Joseph Park. Yeah, Joseph Park. There you go. Their uh, their whole traveling together and and Park pocketing all the money. Well, we come back to the impact zone and Grado finally confronts him about working him so hard and taking all the money, and is now going to hold him trial in the court of public opinion, and uh, basically finds him guilty and wants him to return the money that he's taken from him. Park, however, refuses and says, you know what, I have an agreement for a match at Bound for Glory. Uh, and if you win, you can get your job here again. And if you lose, unfortunately, you will be gone forever. Grado is all too happy to sign it. And uh, Park says, you know what, you should have read it. You should have read the fine print because it's a Monsters Ball match against Abyss at Bound for Glory. Um, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> this angle is sort of piqued my interest at times and I'm kind of interested to see what they'll do in the match. I don't know if I'm really all that thrilled about it happening though, you know? 
I feel that same sentiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing that bothers me, and it's silly, but at the same point, I think it's a very valid thought, and it's the fact that they went from all of a sudden Joseph Park driving around in a car full of girls and spending money on all that stuff, and you got Grado like, what? Huh? That's what? And then all of a sudden at this point where he's down to business with Joseph Park, and, and then Joseph Park just all of a sudden turns angry and is against Grado and all mm-hmm. this. And I, I, it's almost like I missed like three weeks of segments. <laughs> it's, it's really the way it feels. Like the, this is instead of oh let's don't do a slow burn, let's do the fast forward burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's let's catch this thing on fire as quick as we can. Light the gasoline up and just. Okay, and it doesn't make this work. It doesn't make you care any more about it. The only way this works is if you are a super great O fan. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, you could give a little care in the world about this. Um, so at the end of the day, sure, great, Monsters Ball, wonderful, Abyss. It, it's just it's just hard to, to, to really get excited about. I, I wish I could. I just don't care. And here's the other thing. I want to argue the point of the contract situation. Instead of Joseph Park saying, you know what? You know, you've been my meal ticket for all this time. I'm either going to give you your stuff or you get your visa back, or you can work for me still and you're under contract with me for two years and you have no choice but to pay me. Mm -hmm. That seems a lot better. That seems like, oh, Grado is screwed. If all you're going to say is, hey, you know, you just can't wrestle here in Impact, then and that's like, oh, well, I'm still free of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and if I'm your meal ticket, well, then why are you so willing to get rid of me? Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, it's all fair points that uh, really the story has kind of fallen to pieces since they stopped the whole wedding angle uh, with Laurel. So mm-hmm. I it's almost, and I'll give you the time frame too, because I didn't really think about that until you said it. But now it's almost like Grado maybe had himself a, a free subscription to the Global Force Network and suddenly caught all the episodes and saw the video packages of Park <laughs> taking all the money or something. <laughs> yeah, I can just see it now. You know, behind the scenes, you know, an impact. They're like, mm-hmm. okay, this is when you know he Grado figured it all out, and he's watching the episodes, and, and Cabana's on the phone with him. Kid, look at look. Okay. Look, watch this. <laughs> Command is telling him, okay, let me spell this out for you. He is stealing from you. From you. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to I'm gonna hang up now. i got to go back to Ring of Honor. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, it's funny. It's real funny. Uh, Great Away ends up bailing from the building after he realized what he signed up for. He's, he's in his car, uh, turns the radio on, and then... Father James Mitchell shows up and promises to send Grado to hell at Bound for Glory. That's uh, certainly random, and Father's James, Father James, of course, has a long history with Abyss as far as TNA and all that goes. But, I, I you know, I, I can't believe they keep finding ways to bring this guy back. <laughs> Once again, it's something that I don't know why you even need to do it. Mm-hmm. He's never... Okay, so... I think sometimes I felt that way when Paul Bearer was around, right? Like, mm-hmm. every once in a while, they'd bring him back for a quick shot, and you're just like, well, what was the purpose if you're not going to use him on a regular basis? Right. And I feel exactly the same way about this, but even more because this is like a two-appearance thing. Mm-hmm. He appears here, and he appears at maybe the pay-per-view, and then after that, he's gone again. Yeah. I, 
don't need him. You really don't. Now, of course, this you know this whole thing is supposed to be scary and it's supposed to be you know evil and all that, and it's just so corny. Yeah, it's it's terrible, uh, and I just don't mean to be like that. But this is very B movie esque, and just didn't care for it too much. So whatever. Hey, James Mitchell got paid. There you yeah, go. good for him. Yeah, good for him. Uh, we go to Tijuana and the crash where OVE is defending the titles against Black Diamond and Black Danger. Uh, and this is basically a short squash as OVE gets their stuff in and gets out. Uh, it's sort of whatever, you know, I mean, still not really giving you a whole lot of reasons, I think, to get behind OVE yet. Uh, I mean, if you like people that, you know, you know, are a little different dressed, you know, kind of if you want to think about the way that the Hardys were or something like that, you're supposed to have that same feeling for these guys maybe. And their attitudes is, we don't care, man. We're taking on the world. That's, I guess, if you were supposed to look at it that way. But not everybody looks at it that way. So, yes, you're right. They don't give you a lot to hang on to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we cut back to the Impact Zone now. Jeremy Borash is coming out to talk about the Impact Hall of Fame. He is, however, inter- interrupted, not introduced, uh, by Dan Lambert and the American Top Team. And uh, Dan Lambert starts talking about how he sort of came across falling in love with wrestling after he got into MMA and how he has this huge collection of wrestling memorabilia, like he's got Bruno San Martino's first title belt and he's got the Road Warriors' first tag team titles belts and Flair and Jerry Lawler and all these old school names. Um, and... Basically, now he's kind of upset that since he has the best MMA team in all of the sport and and people are disrespecting him and people are getting mad at him, he kind of feels like he's being disrespected in a way and is ready to sort of come in and expose uh, wrestling for what it is and that's that's, being fake. And so he proposes that Lashley and King Mo team up to take on Stefan Bonner and Moose at Bound for Glory. And it's going to be the end of Impact Wrestling, Gary. And, of course, Moose and Stefan Bonner come out with all the stuff they stole, and they get attacked as they try to fight 20 dudes, and they didn't learn the first time, apparently, that you can't do that. So uh, <laughs> yeah. security and referees come out to try to break it up. They get beat up. Mahabali Shara and Caleb Conley come out. They get beat up. Andrew Everett comes out, and he gets murdered. I, yeah. It's, uh, it's a thing. I, I, I want to give it to, to Lambert, at least. He he was very passionate on the promo. And for that, I think uh, maybe he helped me warm up to him a little bit, but I still, I'm still i just not invested at all in any of this. You know, I'll I give you the fact that he had a lot of information. He showed you a lot of old belts. Mm-hmm. That was very nice of him, but it took way too long. It did take a long time. It took a long time time and maybe he's very proud of that and if that's legit i don't know if it is or not it probably is maybe i don't know i don't know the guy personally uh but in the end it's very fun to think oh wow that's cool that's a nice belt you know it's kind of like someone showing you the baseball collection you're like that's great oh cool you have a tie cop that's awesome oh mm-hmm. you have oh this card okay and, and then after a while you're like oh, I'm, I'm done <laughs> yeah you don't have to show me anymore i'm cool you know uh, it's like people when I show my memorabilia from my Dallas Cowboy collection, I, I can see their eyes start to glaze over after a while, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm sorry, no more autographed footballs. I won't show you the autographed jerseys. I'll, I'll just let's we'll move on. We'll move so. on. Yeah. <laughs> 
You were you were here to watch Titanic, weren't you? Okay, let's go do that. So, <laughs> um, so in, in the end, here I think this. You're right. I think they did a fine job, and, and he, you know, at least it was interesting. Um, so, I mean, and it, they do a decent job setting up this match. A, a match that I and, I and I feel like a jerk saying this, but once again, another match I'm just not invested in. Mm-hmm. I just don't have a lot of care if Bobby Lashley beats up Moose or Moose beats up him. Stefan Bonner and King Mo, I that's completely throwaway. Just I don't even need him, right? Yeah, like, I, I, I'm I, sure somebody out there might care to see them. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe so. I just kind of hope they run into each other. Like the first part, like the first, uh, the, the bell rings and then they get in the ring. King Mo and Bonner just run headfirst into each other, knock each other out, and then we can actually <laughs> get into the match. Like you know what I mean? I mean just let's do that, yeah. right? Um, but anyway, long story short, I'm going on and on about something I really don't have a lot of interest in. Uh, this, this was fine. I really didn't have any. I just think it went a little too long, in my personal opinion. I think maybe I'm just bitter, Paul, because I was really waiting for Borash to announce like who the guy in the Hall of Fame was. I, mean, I was thinking, man, I can't wait. Dick Justice is going to walk down that ramp for the Hall of Fame. But God, if only. Yeah. If only. So. I mean, in all, I mean, in all seriousness, who's going to the Hall of Fame? Have you heard? I don't even know. Uh, I, I don't think they've announced it yet, to be honest with you. Okay. So there you go. Um, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> Johnny impact, get rear uh, bells ready. You may be going to the hall of fame. That's true. So. That's true. Uh, OVE meets with Conan. Finally, uh, Conan sort of teases him a little bit about, uh, uh, excuse me, OVE teases Conan about maybe letting him touch their titles and they ask for the money for the night. Conan says, you know what, I never promised to pay you. Uh, and basically, uh, at Bound for Glory, LX going to take the titles back, so I don't have to worry about touching him right now either. The OVE ends up getting surrounded by a whole bunch of people, and they get mobbed, essentially. And that that's basically it. So, I understand this feud is about numbers game. But I just you you've kind of taken the cool factor away from LAX since they lost the titles and even before that with the whole Patron thing and now OVE is just sort of just two dudes with the belts. I, who cares? I, I don't. I I'm still kind of struggling here. Yeah, I am too. I really, really am. And I I I kind of get it. You know, these guys are so tough. They're willing to walk in the face of LAX in their home. And call them out and things like that. Okay, okay. These guys have grapefruits. Okay, okay. That there, that that's all I know about them apparently, and that's not enough. And you know, I also you know the whole thing of you can touch our titles thing. I mean, these guys are supposed to be baby faces, right? I mean, they're supposed to be, you know, the, the guys we're rooting for. We're chanting, yeah, you know, all this. And they're really good guys, and then yet they're acting like little pansy. Title holders like, no, 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 you don't. Have, you know, I'm like, <laughs> dude. I mean, come on. Let, let's just, you know, be happy and proud of your belts. Don't ask. You want to touch it? You sure you don't want to touch it? I mean, so I don't yeah. know. It's just, it, it's it's a little, you know, someone needs attention. I think, and that's OVE. I, I mean, it's all fair points if you ask me for sure. Um, we get we get to uh. Uh, a video package for Ty and Rosemary as they are in the main event tonight. And then we go to the match, which gets about 11 minutes or so. And this was pretty good. 
Uh, I didn't have any qualms with this either. You have Taya counter out of the Red Wedding, hit a Northern Alliance suplex, and then go up for the double stomp to get the victory. And uh, in the post-match, you have Rosemary challenge Taya to a match at Bound for Glory uh, with Rosemary wanting what I'm assuming is a first blood match, but I think she called it like a Red Wedding something or another. Is weird. Yeah. I, you know, and, and then I'll actually be good, whatever that is. <laughs> I think it'll be kind of interesting um, because, you know, sometimes those kind of gimmicks are, are really kind of fun to see and see how they all, you know, transpire. But uh, this match was fine. I mean, it, Taya has to win. She, she has to because she's the next big thing. Mm-hmm. She's the one that they really want to push and really, you know, make a big deal about it. That way they can keep Johnny Impact happy. And uh, that's the best way to do it, right? And so, uh, and Rosemary is one of the fan favorites. And, you know, at least she's actually in the main event here and doing something. So I think it, it's a win-win for the, the everybody all involved. And, you know, they'll uh, probably have maybe Rosemary win at the, you know, Mount for Glory or something like that. Yeah, I think they put together a match here, too, that I'm kind of interested in seeing. I love Rosemary. I think Taya, as far as Lucha has gone, has proven that she has a lot of appeal to people, so I don't have really a problem with them putting her over here either. And I bet These two could probably have a great match uh, come Bound for Glory, and that's something to look forward to for sure. Yeah, and I'm kidding, really honestly, about the, the, the Johnny Impact being happy. Yeah, Taya Ty, uh, really honestly is really talented and all that. I'm just making a stupid joke, but um, I, I think you're right about that. And, and if I'm going to have any matchup and this whole roster – Right of women, I think this is the best man that they gave us, and I'm glad they did. I'm very, very happy with that. For sure, and that's going to do it for Impact Wrestling. Yeah, for sure. So well, there we go, guys. Uh, well, until next week on that. But now we are going to move on, and we are going to crown a superstar of the week. Superstar of the week. Take it away, Gary. All right. Well, this week we have, a, you know, once again, a very interesting list here. And I'm really excited about getting into it. So let's go ahead and give our first point away. That will, one point will be to three guys, The Shield. Yeah, the the Shield and The Miz were basically the entire reason to watch Raw this week. Everything else you could kind of uh, basically forget about. Because uh, that's where all the interest for the upcoming pay-per-view is. That's where all the interest on Raw was for the go-home and the Shield have two great matches on there and some great promo work to go along with the Miz's phenomenal work as well. And they did a good job of making you excited for one match this Sunday. And, and maybe that's all the props you need to give WWE because the rest of that card, as you heard at the top of the show, was, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Woo. We'll get through it. Uh, yeah. It's just it's going to be a little tough. Um and I want to be transparent here. I want people to know something. That, you know, this was the debate that we had prior to the show of you know who we should choose, and the Shield definitely got the nod because they did have a match, uh, and of course they had some good promo stuff too. Uh, the Miz was a big uh, contender here. I just want people to know that because Paul, you absolutely loved it. I loved it too. What he did this week on the mic. Yeah, just uh, Evil Genius Miz during this has been really wonderful. I kind of love that he's gotten the spotlight that he has here to really feel like he's up there running with the main event guys uh, where he honestly belongs. 
uh, and it's just crushing it. It's just absolutely crushing it. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make sure we we gave him a little love here, even though he didn't get any points because he definitely did. You're right, he did crush it. Uh, we're giving two points over to two guys, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, I, you mean you want to talk about two guys crushing it this week? Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were wonderful on SmackDown. I absolutely adored the promo uh, with Daniel Bryan to start the show of them basically calling him the sellout now because he's the suit. After being the guy who took down the authority, essentially, and uh, that's that's sort of what Kevin saved Sammy from becoming was another Daniel Bryan, and that's just oh, it was so great. And, and not to mention the match against Randy Orton and Shinsuke in the main event was was super great as well. Yeah, uh, definitely, I'm right there with you on that. So, yeah, well deserved by both guys. We're giving three points to Mil Mortez. That uh, that triple threat or a three way elimination, excuse me, on uh, the last part of Ultima Lucha was just wonderful. Meal, of course, gets the points for winning. Uh, and and uh, what what a match! What what a match! That definitely, I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to Jeremiah Crane, but we like winners and Superstar of the Week. And Meal, you certainly were that this week. Oh, for sure. We're giving four points over to Prince Puma. You know, just uh, when you think it can't get any better, Puma and Pen- or Jesus Puma and Johnny Mundo put on an absolutely awesome affair. Lots of great, excuse me, lots of great storytelling, lots of great history there as far as Lucha Underground goes. And Prince Puma gets to walk away saying that you know what, he's a two-time Lucha Underground champion, and that's something that nobody else as of this moment can say. Uh, that's right, and you know, once again, I can't wait to see this guy and his next move to the, you know, wherever it is. What WWE is probably the place, though. Uh, five points, and the person that we're going to crown superstar of the week is Pentagon Dark. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe he didn't have the best match uh, of the week. That certainly does belong to Puma Mundo, as far as everything that we cover on this show. But he has the big crowning moment of walking away with the title. Uh, really sets him up to to basically be the guy for the promotion, and it, it's not hard to understand why. And this is, I, I mean, you could say that that maybe Puma and Mundo laid down the groundwork, but this is certainly the house that Pentagon built, you know. And and for that, and for his crowning achievement, and all the other great stuff that he's done for a promotion that may not get to see the light of day again, Pentagon, you have earned your five points, sir. Oh, for sure. And I would chant, you deserve it, um, and clap, but I'm afraid that, you know, he'd break my arm. So He might. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'll just, you know, stay silent and just pay reverence to him. So there you go. So congratulations, Pentagon Dark. Yeah, definitely did deserve it. And you are the superstar of the week. But now that concludes our show for tonight. We've had a lot of fun, Paul, and, and, you know, a lot of good topics to talk about. And, of course, next week we're going to have even more great topics. We'll have some big shows coming to talk about, Ring of Honor, next week Impact Wrestling to talk about, and a lot of other great content when it comes to wrestling news and just having a great time. Uh, Make sure you do check out those shows. And don't forget, Sunday, after the TLC pay-per-view, you can come and listen to us. That's right. We are going to do a TLC review show. It'll be available Monday morning on your drive to work or wherever you're at. It's going to be available on the download for you guys then. It's going to be a lot of fun. Really excited about us going into the uh, you know the ins and outs of what will take place at that show. So I'll be looking forward to that. And, of course, you know the best way to go find that stuff is go check out W2Mnet.com because right there on that site you can go and find us and find all some other great wrestling shows too. 
too. And, you know, it's once again a place where you just get real, your best wrestling content and a lot more. Mm-hmm. And hit that subscribe button over at Wrestling to the Max. Uh, go ahead and rate and review as well if you haven't done that already. That'll also get you all our great content in one place, whether it be a Apple Podcast, YouTube, uh, anywhere else, just go check that out for sure. Um, and uh, you know, make sure we give some shout outs and love over to 411mania.com and last word on prowrestling.com. We appreciate all their support. And boy, I mean, I am really looking forward to whatever next thing we're going to be on. Uh, we, I mentioned earlier in the show, I'll mention it again. Uh, you can just use your Amazon Alexa to find us now. So, another step in getting even more global, even more universal on these gadgets on these platforms it's just so cool so i'm excited about that really happy about all this stuff that's going on for the show and you know uh we'll be looking forward to catching you guys on down the road so for myself and for paul leeser we will catch you later have a good one guys The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.